Welcome to Working Matters. My name is Carl Edwards. Join us on the web at boldenterprises.com. Well, we are in the middle of a very interesting and stimulating series with Marion Skeet of Legacy Makers International. Morning, Marion. Good morning, Carl. How are you? I am doing great. Great to be back. I'm excited. We have been talking about visionary leadership. I am enjoying the perspective you're bringing that is not undermining, but offering just a refreshing alternative to some of the power-oriented positional angles on leadership that a lot of the literature has been promoting for the last 20 years. So thank you for that. Thank you. I guess it's uh, my own experience. A part, a lot of this is my experience. Of That's why leadership. you're here. That's yeah. why we want to hear from you. <laughs> this week, we're going to take our conversation forward and talk a little more about change. Last week, we got into it because we were talking about um, the visionary leader as a thought leader, and introducing ideas people can't even relate to and how difficult that is. Mm-hmm. And now we're getting down into actually change, yes. what that involves in a community. I love your image of the story, the story that unfolds. Past is a part of the story, and we are not walking away from it no. as the story goes forward. But as the story goes forward, and this is our topic for this week, why does it need to change? Why does it need to develop? What are you pointing to when you are saying that inherent and visionary leadership is some sort of catalyst for Yes. Change. Yes, exactly. The last time we brought out this African proverb that I love, you know, I am because we are, and because we are, therefore I am. And I think you, when you're inspiring change, you're also inspiring people to, to see themselves as part of the story so that where that story ends up, they should have a stake in that. Mm-hmm. They should have a stake in the matter. Whether they're around to witness it, they must have the feeling, and I think that's what, that's what legacy is really about. It's the idea that, you know, you are imparting something valuable to a society, a community, a group, a people mm-hmm. that would outlast you. And leaders really should be people who are willing to be, in a sense, outlasted, if you will, and replaced. But part of that, the value and the fulfillment is that your story is also living on with other people. So that it's not change for change's sake, but it's change as we grow as a people, as we grow as a community. Our goal is ultimately, this is our vision, this is our dream, you know, whatever that is, and I'm a part of that. You're describing this change as a form of growing. Yes. So what are you you pointing to? What's changing? What's, um, how are you using that word growing if I'm not just doing same old, same old? Well, I think, I think, of course, there's personal growth, but there's also growth in terms of benefit of society and benefit of the people that we are serving. We want people to become better parents, let's just say. We want people to become better citizens. Mm-hmm. We want people to be conscious of the world that they live in. They take responsibility. They love their neighbor. I mean, simple things that are so foundational to what being a human is about mm-hmm. and, and someone who lives on this planet. Leaders are, are there, I believe, to give the guideposts and the maps to help people to become, to do the highest good and to become the best, I believe, that God has intended for them to be, to live out of their original design. Ah. And I believe that's a part of story making and, and storytelling and, and what it means to be in community. That's so beautiful because what you're doing is you're really saying that the story unfolds out of people's lives, yes. out of their own growing up or maturing or becoming more human, yes, yes. better at being yes. whole human persons. And the leader is facilitating yes. those stories. And the visionary leader is actually spotting yes. and able to articulate ahead of time where it's going. You know, Marion, that is so different than the how most visionary leaders, those of them who 
put on the mantle. And say, Sorry, I can't do any administration <laughs> because I am a visionary leader. Yes. But they're doing In some is, cases, you wouldn't want them to do the administry, but, well, but, but, I, uh, but I get your point. But the point is yes. that what they're doing, so distinct from what you're saying, is they're imagining their own story, and they're excited about it, and I don't want to denigrate it at all, but it's kind of out of context. And they're imagining a future that they think is beautiful, yes. and it would make the world a better place, and they're wanting to draw people into it. I don't want to speak against that, but it's very distinct yes. from the unfolding story that is involves everyone. Yes, exactly. We're talking about this empowering yes. that you are doing when you describe visionary leadership. Well, you know, one of the things, Carl, I discovered even in pastoral leadership and various kinds of leadership and community is that often when you're a visionary and, oh, yes, I have a vision, you know, and I want this to be accomplished. And oftentimes what happens is that, you know, the visionary leaders, we sit around in our nice smoke-filled rooms or private rooms, and we come up with these great visions of, you know, what the world should be and how we should change an organization. And then we, we say to the person who's assisting us, or administrative assistant or whoever it is, the implementers, just do it. <laughs> Make my vision a reality. We don't know we're doing that, and we may not do it in abusive ways, but essentially that's kind of how it generally works. And I've realized more and more that's not what you want to do. That's disempowering, that people have to be a part of the conversation and that they have to look at it as their story. And if people don't own that, I don't care what kind of vision you have. <laughs> you know, It could be a vision for their own good, but if they don't own it and they don't see it and they're not a part of that story, I think you're, you're defeated. So you're saying... As a leader, I cannot make change happen. Absolutely not. We really, it's What's arrogant. What's wrong with that thing? Oh, it's arrogant. Wait, it's, I think it's arrogant. I think it's arrogant. I, but, you know, I think, <laughs> Carl, you seem to agree with me, I think. <laughs> I think we, we are catalysts for change. I think we can facilitate change. We're catalysts for change. Uh -huh. And I think we also, I think as leaders, visionary leaders, I think we can interpret what's happening and the variables that's happening that lead, can lead to change. And sometimes help people maybe to order some of those things to make some right decisions about their lives and their future that can affect change. But to, to think that we somehow, then we become God, that we somehow mm. are bringing change about is probably, we are agents, I believe, of change. And we can be agents of change. We are not the bringers, if you will, of change. Bringers of change. Yes. Yeah, that's very insightful. And that's going to ruffle a few feathers, you know. But you know what it does, I think it's going to be helpful. Get in touch with Bold Enterprises. And just come right on blame, by. Blame them, yeah. <laughs> I, I, have, I'm, I have the magic touch. I tell people they're wrong and they say thank you. <laughs> yeah. But why that's so helpful to have your thinking challenged that way is that the subject inadvertently becomes you, mm -hmm. and your vision, and whether or not people are responding to it. Yeah. A change. Yeah. And I'm sure most leaders don't and that outcome. No, but that is what can happen when you take it off of the um, actual dynamic, facilitating and nurturing yes. what is going on in other people's lives. Exactly, exactly. And being in touch with people, I think once we lose, it's so funny how easy it is as leaders. I, I often find that sometimes, oftentimes leaders, we don't even really like people. <laughs> I mean, we, we like the idea of leadership. There's food for thought. I'm probably ruffling more feathers. But sometimes we don't even like people. And, we, you know, if you want to look at whatever we do, you know, there is uh, the tools that help us do what we do. And there's the products and there's the... And sometimes we probably look at people more as products. Oftentimes, you know, what can come out of my leadership versus really seeing people as, as living human beings who have goals and dreams and ideas 
about their own lives, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think to the extent that we could partner with people and to the extent that we can empower people to achieve, you know, their dreams and what they believe that, you know, God's calling them to be and to do, I think it's to the extent that we are visionary leaders. Powerful. Yeah, my complaint of traditional visionary leaders, which you get in a lot of organizations and in government and what focuses on policy mm-hmm. is the great part is they're trying to design the world as it should be. Problem is they're designing it for a world that doesn't include people. Right. <laughs> Very good point. <laughs> and people don't fall into that nice, neat category of it all working out Yes. the way the policy intends. There's all yes. these other yes. subtexts going on. Yeah, exactly. And it's that kind of groundedness, it's that kind of context-based thinking that you're doing when you're describing visionary leadership that's helping other people's stories unfold, both individually and as a community, I think is yes. powerful and needed. And as I'm thinking about that, not in necessarily I'm defending leaders either, but it's the other extreme, obviously, people who resist change just because they want to resist it. And I think that there is value. There has to be a communal thing. Change has to be something we're both invested in and seeing change in in a positive light so that people empower leaders to be good leaders. And so it has to be both working together. You know, how do we figure that out? How does that happen? It's not easy. And I'm not sure there is one formula for it at all. If, if there is, I would like to know what it is. As a visionary leader, if you're not this isolated person that's just coming, casting vision and just saying, go do it. But I think you're engaged with people, but people are also engaged with you um, mm-hmm. as bringing about that change because they see that. Um, and it's not about your success. It's not that people are supporting you because they want you to be successful. And I think oftentimes we put that in. Well, I want to be successful, so help me do that. No, that's, you know, it's not about your success. But in some, some sense... We're all successful as we we all achieve the goal and the dreams as we work together. And Carl, that is probably one of the hardest things for human beings to do. It is so true. I'm just going to close with an example. I think the people who understand this the best, and we need to translate into our other contexts, are parents. Mm-hmm. And as children grow up, mm-hmm. you're helping them grow up. And in one sense, the story is unfolding and they need to go from childish things, mm-hmm. maturity of it becoming an independent and responsible and free adult. And that there's sort of a theme, but within that theme, everyone is so different from each other. Yeah, it's true. Every it's true. person who goes through, say, the teenage years has to Ooh. learn differently. And unless you facilitate that process, you can't merely say, change, right. grow up, right. be like this. Because the process for that particular individual to do the growing up, mm-hmm. they're not ready. It's not going to happen no matter what you do. You do. And it's not going to look like Sister Sally or Brother, Je- uh, Brother John. But yes. how you come alongside mm-hmm. that process mm-hmm. and serve as a catalyst or nurture it forward, there is a role for leadership and, in yes. this case, parents. Yes. So thank you for that. We need to stop for today. We really need to do half-hour shows with Mary and Skeet because this is also re- rich. Oh, no, you're... But we're going to keep it here for today. Great discussion. I'm, I'm really enjoying this. Great discussion. <laughs> Sorry, we're, to we're, end. Tell us again where you are on the web. I know people will want to come meet you. Well, our organization is called Legacy Makers International, and we are at www.legacy-makers.org. Don't forget the dash, legacy-makers.org. And we have a lot of exciting things to help you in resource you as a leader, whether you have a position of leadership or whether you just feel called to do something for your community. We want to give you the resources for that. Wonderful. Well, next week we are going to move on to, you're very welcome. 
respecting and involving people. And we're going to get right down to who's really doing the leading here. Hey, come by on the web, boldenterprises.com. Join the conversation. What's going on in your story and how are you helping it unfold in your organization? Until next week. This podcast is a Bold Enterprises production.